Today on Locked On A's, we're going to go over all 100 losses. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We're going to talk about the A's losing their 100th game. Uh, we're also going to talk about the last time the A's were no hit. And uh, name some names. See if you guys can remember some people. And then in the final segment, because we got to have some fun after that game last night, we're going to talk about win of the week. <laughs> Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 465 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we're talking about loss number 100 on the season. The Angels swept the A's. Oh boy, we're gonna we're gonna talk about last night's game because that sucked. Uh, I mean, it was also uh, kind of cool, but it sucked. Um, we're going to talk about Shohei Otani and the MVP race, because I feel like that's kind of the segue that you go with after he almost no-hits your team. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the last time the A's were no-hit in 1991. We're going to go over some stuff. We're going to learn some A's history. It's going to be fun. And also some Orioles history, sort of. Um, and then in the final segment, we're doing win of the week, huh? uh, because the A's are still playing baseball games. And hey, they haven't won this week, so... Do they have a win on the horizon against the Mariners in Seattle? We're going to talk about it. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're on one of those platforms, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, you guys. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. I'll answer it on the show. And uh, we'll have some fun. Have some shenanigans. Why not? Because the A's product on the field, it's been it's been better of lights, but they're still losing baseball games. And so we have to have fun to instead of crying through the pain, we're just going to push through and put a smiley face on. But uh, so let's do that. Let's put a smiley face on uh, heading into the Angels series. The A's had to go seven and two to avoid a 100 loss season. They had to go seven and two the rest of the way. And then they went 0 and three against the Angels. And so now the A's have etched their names in the history books. So yay. I mean, not yay, but I mean, they're in history books. So yeah, uh, take that Guinness. <laughs> and boy, did they nearly do it in dramatic fashion because Shohei Otani held the A's without a hit until there were two outs in the eighth inning. Uh, the only blemish on his evening up until that point was a leadoff walk in the first inning to Tony Kemp to start the game. And he had faced the minimum number of batters needed uh, up until that point until, until Connor M.F. Capel impressed yet again with a decently hit single to shortstop. It was like 85, 88, I think, off the bat. It wasn't like super hard, but it... I, I don't know how far Levon Soto had to range for the ball, but uh, it ate him up, and it was called a it was ruled a hit. So, hey, no hitter, be gone. And Connor Capel is a god amongst men. 
Um, and then just to eliminate any doubt on whether or not that should have been ruled a hit, uh, the next batter, Dermis Garcia, singled on a 1-2 curveball. So, hey, there you go. Also, Shohei was going like a lot of uh, softer stuff in that final, oh, in, in the eighth inning. Uh, I don't think anything touched 90 miles an hour. I, that could have been by design, but uh, also weird. Maybe throw a fastball every now and then, unless, you know, you're hurt. But I don't think that he's hurt. I think that he might have been tired. And so he was like, hey, curveballs, go. Let's see if I can get through it. Uh, anyways, Otani finished with eight scoreless innings, two hits allowed, one walk, 10 strikeouts. It was a pretty dominant performance. So kudos to Shohei. Uh, I did read somebody uh, tweeted out. Um, I, I forget who it was, and it wasn't at us. It was just on Twitter, so good luck finding it. Uh, but it, they said that, uh, hey, if we're going to get no hit and the streak's going to end, uh, I, I'm happy that it's to show hey, I guess. And uh, yeah, I think that that sentiment rings true because he is one of the nicest people, it, it seems like. Just on the ba- he uh, he gave up a hit, and then he like faced the center field camera and he's like, I'm still focused, you guys. We're, we're still going to get through this. And uh, yeah, Shohei is just a, a gem of a, of a baseball player and a human being, so that's wonderful. Um, but I guess to recap the scoring, the Angels, uh, get, they got a, a lead uh, pretty early because Luis Ranjifo, their leadoff hitter, uh, hit, a, hit a leadoff home run in the first inning, in the Angel half of the first inning. And then Otani drove in a run later in the inning. Uh, in the third, Taylor Ward took Cole Irvin deep. And then in the sixth, Max Stassi took reliever Norhave Ruiz deep, giving the Angels a 4 to nothing lead. Uh, that all said, the A's still fought back in the ninth inning, which is impressive. Uh, even after being no hit for seven and two-thirds innings pitched, uh, they pushed a couple of runs across and made the final four to two, and they had a chance. They, they had the what, tying run at the plate? Yeah, tying run at the plate in Steven Vogt, and uh, he flew out to, you know, deep-ish right center. So, you know, it, it stinks. I was, I was hoping there was still some more magic in his bat, but... Um, you know, hey, maybe there still isn't. It just didn't happen that time. You know, baseball. Uh, and I know that the A's have lost a ton of games this season. A hundred of them, to be exact. Uh, but they have consistently shown fight in the late innings, and that is extremely admirable. Uh, and I hope that this is a sign of things to come for next year and beyond, because, I mean, that that's that was a... 2012 staple was all of those walk-off wins because the A's would keep fighting back. And I'm not saying that next year is going to be 2012 because I don't know who's on the roster. I don't think that the A's can necessarily compete with like the Astros is and the Dodgers is and the Yankees. I mean, they, they might be broken after uh, either, either signing or letting Aaron judge walk. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know that they compete at like that level, but they might be able to like have a scrappy underdog kind of team and, maybe make the playoffs, but we're going to have to see what the roster is looking like come spring training and see what the injuries are like coming towards opening day before we can start making those prognostications. But if they're playing like this in the late innings, anything's really possible. That's all I'm trying to say there. Uh, But the main story from last night was Otani. And it seemed like the news cycle a week or two ago, I don't know, all the days blend together. So it was at some point recently, uh, it, it, all the talk was who should be the AL MVP, Shohei Otani or Aaron Judge. Well, Judge ended up tying the AL mark for homers in a season on Wednesday night, and then Otani nearly tossed a no-hitter last night. So, I mean, they're they're putting their best cases forward right now, and I know that Judge has a lead in war, but after last night, that gap has shrunk considerably because Judge has 10.4 war on baseball reference, and Shohei Otani has 9.8, so you could make a case for either of them at that point. I had heard that it was like 
two wins above replacement just you know, not not that long ago, and that was a that was a decent gap. Uh, but 10.4, 9.8, that's that's negligible. So the debate is gonna keep going, but I'm gonna put it to rest here. Uh, so far, Aaron Judge is first in home runs, obviously. Uh, he's first in uh, RBI in the AL, and he has two points behind Minnesota's Luis Arise in batting average. It's a very, very impressive overall offensive season, but war shouldn't be the determining factor. Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, I know that he has more in it. I just said that it's negligible, but it shouldn't be the determining factor because, uh, I mean, it can be if you can tell me how it's calculated, but uh, I don't know how it's calculated. There's just a bunch of numbers that they throw into a math equation and then they come up with war. Um, and I, I think that it's a useful tool, but it's more for like a at a glance research. It's not for determining AL MVP research. You don't just look at that. You got to look at the whole body of work. And so maybe it's my anti-Yankee bias and I'm coming up with a lot of reasons why not, why I wouldn't vote for the Yankee. But I still think that Otani should get the nod for the AL MVP because when he came over from Japan, there were always comparisons to Babe Ruth. There's still comparisons to Babe Ruth constantly uh, because he can both pitch and hit. That's what Babe Ruth was known for, sort of, uh, even though he didn't really do them all at the same time, but whatever. Um, but Ruth retired in 1935 at the age of 40. And since that time, 1935, we have not seen anyone do anything close to what Babe Ruth used to do until last year. Last year when Otani was actually doing both and performing at a high level. He had performed, he, he had done like a little bit of pitching, but like 50 innings. Uh, but a full season of pitching and hitting and being dominant on both sides of the ball. We have not seen any of that in 86 years. And that's just since Babe Ruth retired. He was not pitching at that point. I mean, nothing more than like a, here's two innings for an entire season. Nothing more than that. And that was very sporadic later in his career. I think that he threw a couple of innings in his final year, but he wasn't a, a regular starter. He wasn't leading the league in starts like he had been earlier in his career uh, because he, he stopped doing it full time. He stopped pitching in 1919. That is 16 years before he retired. So it is since 1919 is the last time that anybody could say that this is what they're, they're envisioning with Shohei Otani. That's what Babe Ruth was doing in 1919. It has been over a hundred years since this has been seen. And you're going to tell me that the guy that hit 61 home runs should get the AL MVP? I mean, guys have hit 61 home runs in our lifetimes. Like a few guys have done that. But we're talking about a hundred year difference between somebody who can do what Shohei Otani is doing and the last guy that everybody remembers. And as you know, glorified for the entirety of baseball, essentially, uh, for being so great. And Aaron Judge may be a once-in-a-generation talent when he's healthy. But Otani is a once-in-a-millennium talent. He deserves the AL MVP in any season he's producing on both sides of the ball, like he is this season, like he did last season. He should just be the perennial MVP. Make a new award for him if you want to give it to somebody else, because uh, I don't know how you beat this guy. Because what's Aaron Judge's ERA? I know that he plays center field. That's great. I know that it's a, a difficult position to play. But he can kind of just like react to things. He doesn't have to be proactive and figure out what pitches to throw every fifth or sixth day, depending on, you know, 
Otani's turn in the rotation. And that is a big mental difference, I think. And you could say, well, the, the Angels suck and they're not playing for anything. And the Yankees are, you know, in the, they're the best team in their division and they're going to go to the playoffs. Well, yeah, but the Yankees wrapped up their division a while ago. Like, people thought that that thing was over in May. The, the Angels were still trying to fight in May. So, arguably, no. Arguably, no. I'm going to go with no. Because um, the Yankees were just so darn good in the first half. And that... For me, if you're trying to make that argument, that works against Aaron Judge because he has been able to coast and just focus on hitting dingers for like months now. Meanwhile, with like under a week to go in the season, Shohei Otani is almost throwing no hitters. So yeah, wh which one's harder, you guys? One of those is literally concentrating for nine innings of a game, and the other one is uh, you, you get like four at-bats a game, and then you go stand in the outfield and maybe a ball gets hit to you sometimes. There, there's a big mental difference in there, too, I think. So that's being discounted. And so it's Otani. Otani's the AL MVP. That's what I think. Um, and also, I like him. He's a good... They're, they're both fine guys. But Otani is just a gem. How do you not give it to Otani? That's all. That's all I'm going to say on this. Th those are, that's my argument. That's what I came up with. But uh, let's talk about the last time the A's were no hit. Back in 1991 against the Baltimore Orioles. Coming up. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including baseball and MMA and boxing and golf. And I just got an email from Bet Online being like, hey, we got some odds for uh, who's going to get that last NL wildcard spot. You think it's the Phillies or you think it's the Brewers? Here are the odds. And uh, they, they had the, the Phillies favored, but I'm not sure. The Brewers are charging. And uh, they also have pitching. So who would do better in the playoffs is kind of where I'm going with that. Um, yeah, if you have an idea, go to Bet Online, Place a bet. It's great. So you can head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the services that they provide because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. You can, you know, subscribe to the channel over there. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. And thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. But since the A's narrowly avoided breaking their streak of not being no hits, which is how I wrote that, and I'm so happy I did because that is great English, Jason. Uh, a streak that is now over 31 years old, the longest in baseball. Since they narrowly avoided that, I wanted to talk about the last time the A's were no hit because that date was floating around, and I was like, hey, let's, let's look into that just a little bit. The date of that game was July 13th, 1991, and the team that did the no-hitting was the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, for you old people like me, uh, I'm going to name some people, some players, and I'm I'm going to see how many we recognize. I, I already wrote the list, so I recognize them from writing them, but let's see how many of them you guys recognize. Um, there is one very recognizable name from the early 90s in the Baltimore Orioles lineup. You probably know who it is, but 
Hey, maybe you're young. How's youth? I miss it. <laughs> but the very recognizable name from the Orioles lineup is their shortstop, Cal Ripken Jr. He was one of my favorite players growing up. He was fantastic. He moved over to third base uh, later on in his career for you young people. And uh, he, cool. Uh, his brother, Billy Ripken, best known for uh, his baseball card and also being on MLB Network, played at second base. So they were the up-the-middle duo uh, there in Baltimore. And uh, I don't know that I knew that, but I think that's cool. Uh, also, if you don't know what I'm talking about by Billy Ripken's baseball card, just type that into Google and you'll see some stuff. It'll be great. Uh, honestly, the only other two names that I can recall or recognize from the Orioles lineup that day were David Segui, who I remember being good at hitting bombs, I believe. Uh, he, he was used as a pinch hitter and then, you know, was a DH after that. And then Brady Anderson, who magically, quote unquote, magically, uh, hit 50 home runs a few years later uh, in 1996. You know, magically at the beginning of the steroid era. So there's that. Uh, Bob Malacki, Mike Flanagan, Mark Williamson, and Greg with two G's Olsen were the four pitchers that held the A's hitless that day. And I don't recognize any of those names. So, yeah, I, I was six. Get off my back. <laughs> so now let's play that game with the A's roster, okay? Uh, Willie Wilson, don't remember that name. He led off that day and left with Dave Henderson hitting second and starting in center. Jose Canseco was in right batting third. Harold Baines was the DH hitting cleanup. Mark McGuire was hitting behind him at first base. Jamie Quirk, that's a throwback name for me, uh, got the start behind the dish batting sixth. Ernie Riles was at third, batting seventh. Mike Gallego, I know that there's a fake Twitter account about Mike Gallego because uh, he used to be the A's third base coach, and then he got fired because he kept getting guys thrown out at home. But <laughs> Mike Gallego, that, that Mike Gallego, he was starting the game at second base, batting eighth. And then Mike Bordick rounded out the lineup playing short. Uh, Ricky Henderson, for, for those who... <laughs> are unfamiliar, I guess. Ricky Henderson, the Hall of Famer, one of the best players in baseball history. Uh, him, and then Terry Steinbach, and Vance Law, and Lance Blankenship. Ah, that's a name for the old memory bank. Uh, those four guys, they all had pinch hit appearances. And, uh, spoiler, I mean, since the A's were no hit, none of them got hits. So, there's that. Um, so th that was uh, all the people that made it into the game for the A's. And we just talked about Carney Lansford. Get, he's being inducted into the A's Hall of Fame in 2023. Uh, so we talked about Carney Lansford, and I was like, well, wait, wasn't he on the team? Uh, apparently, yeah, sort of, but no. Um, his absence was noticeable, so, so I looked it up. And he apparently had a snowmobile accident around the new year and had surgery in mid-January and uh, was rehabbing. And uh, he only played in five games all season. And then he retired uh, after the 1992 season. He was like 35, but, you know, I, I am led to believe, I guess, that the snowmobile accident had something to do with that. I didn't do further research. But the five games that he appeared in uh, happened to just be a week after the, or a week or so after the no-hitter. Uh, so there you have it. The last time the A's were no-hit, it was on an off day for Ricky and Steinbach, and their starting third baseman missed nearly the entirety of the season. So... That's what it takes to no-hit the A's, is their Hall of Fame, uh, their, 
the main guy from them being in Oakland, Ricky Henderson, him being out of the lineup for the day, and Terry Steinbach, a gem of a catcher, not being in the lineup. And then also Carney. It took all of that for the A's to not get a hit on on a day in the last 31 years and a couple of months. So there's that. Uh, the team with the next longest no-hit streak, the A's still have theirs. So they're, and counting, still. Uh, the team with the next longest no-hit streak is the Washington Nationals. But when it happened, they were still the Montreal Expos. And that occurrence happened on July 18th, 1999. So the A's got years on this one. Um, and it was against the Yankees, and more specifically, David Cohn, I remember this one, uh, he, he no-hit the Expos. So David Cohn's no-hitter was is the other one there. Uh, for the Yankees, Scott Brocious was on that team, and he would make his big league debut with the A's in August of 1991, just weeks after they were no-hit. It, I love cyclical stories, and that's where I wanted to end that one. So Scott Brocious, uh, he was almost on a team that uh, got no hit. I mean, he was in the system. And then uh, he was on a team that threw a no hitter just a few years later. And uh, he's connected to the two longest no hit droughts in MLB right now. So Scott Brocious, that's your connecting factor. He's the Kevin Bacon of baseball for no hitters until these teams get no hit again, and then he doesn't matter. So. <laughs> like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> All right, uh, coming up, we're doing Win of the Week. <laughs> Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Do do your darndest. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter, but let's figure out if the A's are going to win any more games the rest of the season. Uh, starting with this series against the Mariners uh, on Friday today, we got Ken Waldachuk going against Logan Gilbert, and Gilbert has faced the A's twice this season, once in June uh, when he allowed four runs over six innings, and once in August giving up two earned runs, three runs total over five innings. Uh, Seattle could plunge a playoff spot, if I'm doing the math right, today. For the, they, they could do it today, and it would be their first time reaching the playoffs in 21 years. 2001, Ichiro's rookie season is the last time the Seattle Mariners have made the postseason. So that is what is potentially at stake, if my math is correct. Because they're Okay, so here's my math. Uh, the Mariners have the second wild card right now. They're a half a game above the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have a five-game lead on the Baltimore Orioles, and the Orioles have an elimination number of two, but that is for the third wildcard spot, so I assume that it's one because the Mariners are the second wildcard, and therefore, but uh, it's also a half game, so maybe it's like one and a half, but they just don't, it doesn't matter. I don't care. The, let's just, for all intents and purposes, say that the Mariners can clinch tonight. Let's go with that. But they're going to have to get past Ken Waldachuk, who is facing Seattle for the first time. Uh, I'm... Very interested to see how tonight goes for Waldachuk because he struggled in the first outing or in the first inning against the Mets in his last outing. And uh, then he started pitching more aggressively. He started attacking the zone and he had 
fairly solid results for the final four frames against a very good lineup. The, the, the Mets scored a lot of runs against the A's last weekend, if you forgot. Uh, and I want to see if he's going to carry that into this start, if he's going to carry those results in those final four innings from his last start and see how that goes. Because if he can go five innings, give up two, maybe three runs, the A's got a shot in this one. I know that Logan Gilbert's, you know, solid. But he's also given up some runs against the A's this season. And I think that uh, the A's offense is a little bit different than what he's seen of late. Let's see what the A's can do against Logan Gilbert as well. This one should be interesting. I, I'm going to say it's interesting. And it depends on uh, what the A's get from Ken Waldachek, I think. But Saturday, we got J.P. Sears going against Luis Castillo. I've said that so many times this season. So so many times, in fact. Uh, do, do you think that... J.P. Sears goes up to Castillo before the game and says, we got to stop meeting like this. Ha ha ha. I don't know what he sounds like, but that's what I, I'm going to go with. And then we're just going to roll with it. So that's J.P. Sears' voice for you guys. Uh, I do voice work. <laughs> but this is going to be the third time that J.P. Sears and Luis Castillo have faced off since they were traded to their current teams at the trade deadline. Uh, so it, three times in a couple of months. There you go. Uh, so far, Sears has won both encounters and has gone five innings in each, giving up one run in his August start and one unearned run in his September start against Seattle. That was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Castillo has gone five and four and two thirds innings against the A's in his two starts and has given up four runs each time out. If the A's win on Friday and the Mariners need to still clinch on Saturday, Castillo overcoming the 100-loss 2022 Oakland A's would probably be a very hopeful sign for Mariners fans heading into the postseason. Um, so I wouldn't. I, I'm not giving up on the season. The season's lost. It doesn't matter. It's very lost. We're less than a week away from the end of the season for the A's. Uh, but I guess I'd be okay with you know Mariners fans being happy for a minute before they get uh, steamrolled in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, but. I don't, I don't know. Do I want the Mariners to win? I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I mean in the playoffs, not this game. I, I want them to lose all of these games horribly, for the record. But uh, at the same time, uh, as all of this, Sears has dominated this lineup twice. And I want to see if he can do that again. So I am very intrigued to see what J.P. Sears does a third time going against the Seattle Mariners because I've said it before, most of his starts of late, I get a little bit worried when he faces a team a second time and I want to see how he does a third time after dominating this same team twice already. So I'm intrigued to see what happens from the J.P. Sears standpoint. I would love it if they beat Luis Castillo again, but I don't know. How many how many times can you write that little ditty? Um, and then on Sunday, you got James Caprillion going against Robbie Ray. And in his last three starts against the A's, Ray has gone at least six innings and has given up one run, one run, and zero runs. So that's a, that's a tough matchup for anybody. And even though he went six shutout innings in his last start, he did not factor into the decision because his counterpart on that day was James Caprillion, who his counterpart will be again on Sunday. And uh, James Caprillion did get a win in that game because he went seven shutout innings and allowed just two hits. So it'll be an interesting game. If if that's the, the matchup that we get, cool. And Cap has been very solid since returning the rotation, totaling 19 innings and five runs allowed. Uh, that'll be enough to keep a team in most games. But if he goes six innings and gives up two runs, 
that may not be enough because Robbie Ray has just rolled against the A's this season. And so I think that the Mariners probably won this one just because Robbie Ray has been so dominant against the A's. But I'd like to see if Cap can go six and give up one. If he does that, that's great. I I don't do what you're going to do, Cap. Work on new pitches. I don't care. Have fun out there. It's his last start of the season, I think. So have some fun. Go, go wild. I also think this is J.P. Sears' last start, if I'm doing the math right. Um, and then they got other people starting the other three games. I think Ken Waldachek starts the last game if the rotation holds. So that is that. Also, uh, Adam Aller might come back this weekend. Who knows? Uh, we might find out later today? Question mark. I don't know. We'll find out later. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen today. Now, Go make your second lesson the Locked On MLB podcast because the most handsome man in the sport, Paul Francis Sullivan, brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. He's on the Odyssey app. He's on YouTube. He's wherever you get podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this, go follow Locked On MLB because Paul Francis Sullivan's handsomeness just booms through the speakers and if you follow them on youtube you can see it for yourself aha that's how we get you <laughs> paul francis sullivan and locked on mlb thirst trap <laughs> that see that's how we trap you thirst um anyways that's all that we got i got for you guys this week uh next week we're gonna be talking about uh, the, the final series that, that'll be i'm i'm not happy about it i like baseball but we get playoff baseball and there'll be stakes so that'll be nice um, then, you know, we'll talk about the A's and whatnot. That'll be a good time. We're going to do one of the week one last time on Monday. That'll be, that'll be a good time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Shohei Otani doesn't know hit us on the last game of the season because he's scheduled to right now, but that's all that I got for you guys this week. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk to you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>